Well, welcome back everybody to another Photography Frame of Mind podcast. My name is Matt Kleskowski. I run mattk.com, educator, all that fun stuff. And I'm joined today by Brian Matias from matias.com. How you doing, Brian? Doing well, Matt. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, it was a good, good, good little topic today in case this is your first time tuning in. Um, Frame of Mind podcast is just, you know, topics around you, a little play on words there. You got the frame of mind, but um, just, uh, you know, topics to help mold, shape, change, solidify your frame of mind on areas of photography and photo editing. Um, you know, somebody asked me a question the other week and and, and they said, you know, well, I, I haven't seen the latest episode because I have to go back and watch or listen to the other two. Um, and and I was, it occurred to me, like, we really don't, this is kind of mostly evergreen content. Yep. Like we don't like one, one episode doesn't require you to have watched the other one. So I would always say to anybody, like jump into a topic that, you know, it's how I watch or listen to podcasts is like, I look for a topic that sticks out to me. So. Yeah. It's not like the serial podcast where that was like a multi-episode thing. Like that yeah. you have to, one episode builds atop the other. Yeah. We did drive to uh, Tallahassee to see my son in college last weekend, and me and my wife listened to those, though. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Oh, yeah. It, it like, passes four hours, just like it's like it's nothing. Yep. All right. So we got Adobe updates. So this is, uh, we are recording this uh, Adobe Max week. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and there's some some new updates. You want to you wanna take it on like what Adobe Max is and like what the, like how this works? Sure. Um, so Adobe Max is Adobe's annual event where they typically will release their major updates to, to the, the pretty much all of their creative cloud apps. So like Lightroom and some, mostly Photoshop, Illustrator, all those Premiere, all those apps. Yeah, InDesign, and have, Premiere. Exactly. And they also will sometimes announce kind of like what they're working on like their big things that they're working on next. So obviously Adobe right now is going all in with uh, Firefly and AI. So they announced things coming there. Point is Apple's got their version of this. Google has their version of this, except with Apple and uh, Apple has multiple throughout the year, uh, like for the iPhone and then for their software, Google has yeah. got stuff. Point is like all these big companies, even smaller companies, they're, they're trying to kind of create events like a press event around these things and and so that's what max is now i've never max uh for a while has always been in person and then of course during uh covid time it went to all uh, online and virtual yeah. have you ever been to adobe max yeah i've been probably been to about it's 2023 now i've probably been to about six of them since 2015 um okay. fun event it always always a fun event huge i mean a lot of people there like you know having taught at photoshop worlds and um photo pluses and and all those different places how does um, it compare yeah how does it compare to those i mean so if so the the difference is is so so way bigger than like your photoshop worlds and even your wppis um and even like imaging usa what much bigger than that from an attendee standpoint of, of paid attendees. Cause basically if you go to max, you're paying correct. And, and it's not cheap. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was uh, like, I was surprised back in the day. I don't I haven't looked lately to see how much it is, but you know, if, if Photoshop world costs 600, it's like max was like 2000, you know, it was, yeah. it was not a cheap conference to go to. Um, but there was a lot of education, a lot of education, a lot of different things. Remember only a small part of Adobe is photography. You know, Correct. Adobe's the lion's share of Adobe is is non photography related things, um, but it's a, it was it was a great event. They typically held it in L.A. Um, I think they went to San Diego one time. They, I was in Vegas at it one time. I think it's I think they're back to L.A. is kind of the home base for it. So right. they have a good you know the L.A. Convention Center is nice, good venue for it. Um, you know, lots of hotels and restaurants around. So it was, it was good. It was a great place to meet people. Um, Again, a ton of sessions. It's like you got lost in the swarm of sessions. Now, compare that to something like Photo Plus. Photo Plus always had a lot of people in it, but they were just expo attendees. The educational side of something like Photo Plus, which doesn't even exist anymore. Um, 
thanks COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The educational side of Photo Plus was always small. It was always a big expo. So you, you would have tens of thousands of people there, but they were just there to see the you know free expo ticket and, and all Correct. that work. Max yeah. was a paid educational event. The first day, which was yesterday, is when they do their big keynote thing with all the new announcements and all that stuff. I mean, I will say that, the, um, so I've never been to Adobe Max in person. That was the, the one show within our space that I haven't been to. You and I have been to almost every other show, like we've gone to them. Um, and I will say that at the very least with Max, one of the things I appreciate is that you can still register for free as an online uh, attendee. So like you can, most of the sessions that they have, like there were a bunch of really cool sessions. Some of them seem like they were pre-recorded, um, the online ones, but which is, yeah. but they have, you can filter based on the interest that you're into. And, uh, you know, you said something that was interesting that I, I never thought about, but I, I agree with, um, in terms of, when you said like with Adobe photography is kind of like, it's not the only thing. It's like a small thing. And Agree with you. I won't say small, but it's definitely small. not. It's not yeah. half. But I will say that. May, okay, so you have photography. So you've, that, that's typically Lightroom and Photoshop. Mm -hmm. When you think about all the other things, like uh, uh, the audio stuff, the video, like Premiere Pro, uh, illustration, uh, and uh, book layout, InDesign, I would say that photography is the, if not the only one, then by far the largest component where Adobe. Has a, a hobbyist or enthusiast yes. market? Like, I'm not saying that video isn't something that only professionals do, but I would I would wager that the vast majority of people who use Premiere to edit, they're either tr content creators who are trying to build up their mm -hmm. own business or their YouTube mm -hmm. presence, or they are working like on legit productions. Yeah. Um, and same thing with I mean I don't know I don't know a hobbyist who just uses InDesign to lay out books just for willy-nilly. Like, No, I'm sure you have a small percentage of people right. that do video just for themselves that never right. leave their computer right. or make layouts just for themselves and it never... I'm sure you have that small, small fractional group of people. Yeah. But I would say the vast majority, even if you're... It's not your full, full-time job. If you're doing something in video, if you're doing something in InDesign, if you're doing something in Illustrator, you're probably you're probably making some kind of money from it. Or you're Whereas, trying to. And yeah, you're either a solopreneur, you're working for yourself, or you're working for an agency, or you're working for a larger, like a a, a, a firm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So that's something that's, I just, I didn't want to go too far, but I, that instantly was like, oh, you know what? That's something I never thought about. That's not really talked about. And that's why I love yeah. this, this show, especially. I, I do love this show, not to kind of toot our own horns, but I don't know anyone who's talking about this really. So I think it's cool. Yeah, it's um, interesting stuff. And it's, you know, I think the, uh, the, we can put that one to bed, but the interesting thing about, you know, you mentioned the, the Lightroom and Photoshop stuff can tend to be more hobbyist enthusiasts. And, and I think it like skews so far the other way. So again, you know, a ton, millions of people use Photoshop for work. Mm -hmm. So I think Photoshop's a little bit different. You can't be you can't be a professional designer and not use photo. You're probably going to use Photoshop. I know there's some competitors out there, but a professional sure. is probably using Photoshop. Mm -hmm. um, I would say Lightroom, the vast majority are hobbyists. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think that's just growing because I think professional photography is is on the decline. I, I think, you know, it's it's it came on the TV the other day. They had the top five worst college majors and photography was one of them. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could see same thing with Capture One. You could argue that Capture One historically was geared towards the professionals, you know, people who are in shooting in studios who need tethering support. Yeah. And they ha are making strong efforts, as you can see over the past few years, to try to kind of uh, pull away some of that hobbyist enthusiast crowd from Lightroom, from yeah. Adobe. Because um, so, they know yeah, that's where the money is. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, But all that to say, like, if you're listening to this, you're probably in that hobbyist enthusiast segment and maybe some income, but probably not like your full-time income. But if you're listening to this and you think you're not the customer for this stuff, you actually are the customer. Like Adobe is probably catering to you 
more than they're catering to the professional photographer where video and InDesign and web and things like that are probably a little bit different. You know, they're catering to the professional there. Mm -hmm. So, I agree. Um, so, you know, we talked about Max. We, we said, you know, so the updates typically come out during the week of Max. That's the big updates. Correct. And then when the Creative Cloud plan, subscription plan started, they actually started rolling out updates every few months. Yep. And so so we do get we do get periodic updates throughout the year and it's interesting because sometimes it takes away a little bit of the 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 pizzazz of of Adobe Max. Right? Because you got so many of those updates during the year. Right. And you know, now you you saw the comments, I saw the comments. People were like, "Oh, you know, you know, this is it. Like when I, I did the Lightroom video uh -huh. and people are yeah, like, right, right, it. right. And it's like, you have to remind them, well, you got some really great masking improvements in a mid-year release. Mm -hmm. um, and then you got denoise in a mid-year release, which denoise, it, it, it's instantly, anybody that shoots high ISO, fast action, low light photography, that instantly saves you $100 a year. If yep. Adobe at the beginning of the year said, hey, we're not going to do anything, but we are going to put denoise in and it's going to be really, really good. And now you're not going to need a plug in for it. And they said, but that's the only thing you're going to get. Are you still signed up? Most people be like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm in, you know, but they did some pretty impactful, uh, impactful things throughout the year. They added, uh, sure. they added curves. Uh, they added curves into the masking in Lightroom. Correct. Um, they added a saturation adjustment in there for, for the, curves. the curves adjustment mm -hmm. in there. So, I mean, for people that use that stuff, those are big, big features. That's correct. And, and it's, it, it, you know, it, in a way it, it, I understand like to a, a small degree, I understand what some of those comments, cause like I, we were talking about before the podcast, I looked at some of the comments on your video and I was surprised that people would say that cause how, how quickly we do forget yeah. now. You know, it's one thing, again, going back to, I mentioned Apple earlier, like Apple, it's it, it, like, I would be curious to see how people would respond if uh, Apple did like mid-year cycles of the iPhone. I mean, they do, Apple releases an iPhone, you know, they announced it in September, they released it in September, pretty much like clockwork. Um, and so everything that they work on throughout the year, um, yeah. you know, gets pushed to that one release. Whereas with, well, you can argue for the uh, a benefit of the subscription model is that it empowers Adobe to give you stuff throughout the year. And to be honest, like I would much rather, I love that cadence. Um, yeah. You know, yes, it's it, exactly like I said, it, it kind of makes it tougher to have that big splash, like that, that tent pole feature. Like yeah. you could argue that if they didn't release um, denoise earlier this year, that would probably have been like the tent pole feature. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. No, I'm, I'm good. No, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely changed things. Um, you know, Photoshop got the remove tool in a mid-year release. Like that That's was right. huge. That's right. But, you know, the interesting part about it to me, if so, so I, I will I will praise Adobe and, and and you know I think people think like oh you're just you guys are just Adobe shills and all this so like listen Brian and I make zero dollars every year mm -hmm. we get zero dollars in checks every year from Adobe so mm -hmm. I'll I, and I don't even talk to anybody from Adobe and Mars so I can't even say like I used to say like I got friends there like I don't even talk to anybody for, I haven't talked to anybody from Adobe in years yep. Um, I mean, the, for me, but, the only the extent of my communication is as part of the pre, we were like in the pre-release program. So yeah. we, I'll I'll make a, a post in the forum there, yeah. but it we're not we don't have some inside track with Adobe. No, and and I'll I'll, like, I'll, I'll be critical where you can be, but I just I think that they've delivered. I, I really Correct. do. I think with yes. the tools that we got this year, uh, the remove tool, generative fill in Photoshop, the adjustments in Camera Raw, the Lightroom stuff. Like I I think I got. I, I got my hundred my nine ninety nine a month worth from it. Like it's you know. Remember, you still are paying to use the software too. Like you need to buy the software, but 
I think I got $120 worth of extra features just in the remove tool and denoise alone. Those two tools have drastically changed my workflow. And when Correct. they change my training, that's how I know they're impactful. When they make, when they make my training and education simpler, because yes. now I used to have to do a video that said, okay, you're going to try content aware fill. Now that's not going to always work. So then you're going to have to go to the clone stamp and then you're going to have to go to this tool. Then you're going to have to go to this tool. And it's, it's not that that still doesn't exist, but that remove tool is like, that's the first thing I cover. I'm like, use this tool, figure it out. If it doesn't work the first time, brush over it again, brush over it five more times. Eventually it'll work. Right. Same thing with denoise. Now I don't have to exactly. buy a plugin or go to a plugin anymore with it because it's it's built right in so but exactly. the thing i will be critical about is i don't think they do a good enough job of reminding you like Remind i you think they could be more self-serving about Adobe. hey everybody like this week at max like okay oh like, yeah send out an email yesterday to everybody we've got new updates but by the way let's just remind you what we've delivered to you this year correct and absolutely if for anything, for, for a couple of things, toot your own horn, because mm -hmm. like you said, people forget. People forget all the time. They're, we're very, very quick to forget. Toot your own horns. But if anything, sometimes these things come out where people, you know, you're traveling, you missed it, whatever. And a lot of people don't even know the features came out or they forgot that they came out. You know, this is something that I think I know I fall into. And it, sometimes you have to remind, actually, no, you often remind me. This is a, a trap I fall into as a a YouTuber or a content creator and a photo, photo educator where I might cover something like when, when Denoise came out for Lightroom, I did my video, you know, you did your video and I just assume that that is it. There is never another need for a similar video to remind people. And you're like, yeah. buddy, like <laughs> more <laughs> likely than not, there are so many people who never saw that video who didn't know about it. Yeah. And maybe they have since started subscribing to your channel or they signed up to your newsletter. They're not going to go digging into down into page four or five of my blog where that, that the mm -hmm. post for that is. So in the same way that what you just said that Adobe needs to do, we probably should, can also do as well. You know, I tell myself, I've said that many times, like the world doesn't need another video about denoise, but that's not actually true. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, and I, and I think it's great that this is something we also get to do is kind of remind people because yes, we're not Adobe shows, but at the same time, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to just sit there and let you say, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, this is, Adobe is, is forcing me to use this and it's not, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't want to rent my software. Okay. But just look at all the things they've done and then make your decision. Yeah. Show me something better. Show yeah. me something better and I'll use it. I, I want the best for my photography and I want the best. And I, I know you do. We yep. want the best for our photography personally. And we want the best for the people that follow us. Mm -hmm. And we constantly keep our ear to the ground. We know what's out there. Show me something better. Yep. Show me something better. I will gladly teach about it. You've done it before. I did it with Topaz a couple of years ago, you know, when right. just Adobe just failed failed miserably on the, the noise front and I got tired of it. And so I went and taught something better, you know, exactly. But, um, so interesting change of events this year at max was that we, we didn't get a Photoshop update this week because they did it last month. It was right. almost a, almost a full month before. Um, I don't know why about they did that. it. I mean, I have suspicions it's got so, Adobe is a federally Adobe is a, a publicly traded company. Yes. And I, I don't even know a person, a fraction of a percentage of the crap that they have to deal with when it comes to that. But like when you see version changes and it gets confusing to you when you see, you know, Photoshop 2024, but internally it's V25. Right. And V25. Like from what I understand, that actually goes back to the federal trade commission and publicly traded and all it there there's deeper reasons for that other than they just want to confuse people to have an internal version called 25 but it's actually photoshop 2024 like it because they're publicly traded they have to do certain things and i know mm -hmm. that they were changing some pricing models right maybe they just wanted to give people more time to come to grips with it because if they announced them this week and they enacted them november 1st that doesn't give people a lot of time. 
I, I think because you're of some laws, maybe they had to give people and who knows, dude. But but yeah, we got Photoshop last month. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, like you said earlier, we don't have this is all conjecture, but there are definitely some things that federal uh, uh, publicly traded companies, certain rules that they have to abide by. They have stockholders that they need to kind of appease. And it's uh, it's possible that, yeah, you know. You would think if you were like that was actually a, a pretty big deal, the fact yeah. that um, the uh, generative fill stuff was brought out of beta, and that would have been a huge addition to to you can argue to the keynote Adobe at Adobe Max. Max, right? And so part of it you could say is maybe this was a way to um, cushion or I don't even want to say like obfuscate, but like to to kind of add a, a, a carrot to the stick of a price increase. Um, yeah. But again, this is, I'm not, it's fine. Like we've talked, we, we did an episode. Yeah. We, we did an episode on that already. So you can, you should listen to that if you want to hear our thoughts. Yeah. Um, I think it was episode four or two. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> Adobe but, pricing changes. Adobe pricing changes. So, but yeah, like you said, the reason why if you're a Photoshop user, if you, if your memory is, is super short, why you didn't see anything yesterday is because you would have seen it a month ago. Yeah. Now, just because, so the interesting people, I think a lot of people don't realize Photoshop and Camera Raw are two different applications. When you go to your Creative Cloud updater, there are two different applications in there. So That's while right. Photoshop got updated, Camera Raw didn't last month. Camera Raw stayed the same and we did get that update um, we did get that update this week. So, and it kind of goes along with the Lightroom. So I think we got the color, the point, the color mixer panel got point color, uh -huh. which allows you to very, very specifically adjust specific colors right. in specific ways. Right. Um, I, I don't know how you taught it, but I basically said in my video, I was like, like if, if you don't think you're a user of this, don't feel like you have to use it because it, it's probably the only time I'll use it is during a tutorial. Like it's one of those features I have no need for. But you know what? When I said that, and these people were very nice, but I got several emails from people that said, hey, I, I think this is a game changer. Like more than anything, this is the biggest change for me because I'm going to use this. And and I, I can respect that. Everybody's different. You know, everybody sees color a little bit differently, but. Ain't that the truth? I can't even see reds and greens. You but, can't even see color. So, yeah, so but here's here, the way I approached it. I approached it more from a state of confusion because, uh, so I, and I didn't even realize this until just a few minutes prior to us starting to film, I was watching Julianne Cost, who is the uh, principal evangelist at Adobe for like for Photoshop and Lightroom kind of. Yeah. She did a, a video on, on the point color tool and that and she did it in Lightroom Classic. So I never saw Lightroom Classic's implementation where you have mm -hmm. this color mixer panel and then you've got two sub panels. You've got mixer and you have point color. In yeah. Lightroom, which is where I spend my time, that's what I focus on. The cloud version. Two, the cloud version. Yeah, thank you. Um again, man, the Adobe's branding is killing. I me. know. But <laughs> they didn't do yeah, it's 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 that's an episode. <laughs> but I feel like every time we have an episode, we talk about something that could be an episode. Um, they have two separate panels. There's color mixer and right below it is point color. And my approach or my kind of was like, I do. I, now I remember point color being implemented as part of the pre-release. And every time a new update would come out, I kept waiting in the release notes to see we have removed color mixer. Color mixer. <laughs> yeah. Because you like, you can argue that they do pretty uh, no, point color is better in just about every way, in my opinion, and removing color mixer would not affect anybody because anything you can do in color mixer, you can do with point color. Um, in fact, Seems color like mixer, it. well, yeah, I mean, color mixer, in fact, has less control, offers less control to the user because mm -hmm. it determines what the hue value should be or and the saturation yeah. and the luminance value should be. Whereas with point color, you have the, all these range tools. Or you can just let it do its thing to a degree as well. Um, point is, yes, we did, we did get point color. The other point that I want to make really quickly about this is point color is a desktop. So again, I'm coming from the Lightroom Cloud, which is Lightroom Desktop, Lightroom Mobile. Point color is not available on mobile. 
So, but color mixer is. So that was the only rationale in my head that I that could make sense as why it's still there. Yeah. Because imagine if you had point color on desktop and color mixer on mobile. Now, now if you use point color on desktop, it syncs to mobile. You'll see the changes. You just can't edit. Them. Do anything with them. Yeah. But the thing that I didn't even realize that you told me about before, as we were creating our videos, if you want to talk about it, is the fact that it's in masking. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the, it's so they, they, cause I think the, the big question is always, okay, so I can adjust this color, but it's going to be global around the whole right. photo. Um, I don't want it to be, but you also have it in the masking tool so you can make a mask in any area you want. And then, um, you know, restrict it to that. So yeah, I think, I think what it comes, comes down to is software companies don't remove features. It just, right. they don't, right. they, you know, they, they just know that they can't because the moment you remove something, people come out of the woodwork and say, oh my God, that was the biggest part of my workflow. Yeah. Just, you saw that with split toning when they arguably made an even better tool with color grading. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got, so camera raw got those updates. Mm -hmm. Um, there's lens blur. I mean, cause oh, the lens blur, this, yeah. yeah, I mean, all the Lightroom camera raw, Lightroom desk, uh, classic Lightroom mobile, they all got these updates. Uh, they got the, so they got the lens blur filter, which I have very mixed feelings about. Why? Because I feel like, I feel like, I feel like you've made it easier for people to ruin a photo. Oh, great point. Agreed. 100%. You know, yeah. Like bl depth blur, blur, blur from depth of field. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a very requested tutorial. Um, but it's one of those things like there, there are certain things and I, I, I you're, you're probably the same way. There are certain things that I, I am, I am always going to try to do right in camera mm -hmm. because three decades of Photoshop experience tells me I'm going to be fairly unsuccessful at ever getting it to look right in, in post. Right. Correct. And blurring the background yep. or depth of field blur in a photo is one of those things. It's mm -hmm. just, I, it's, I, I know how to use Photoshop pretty well. You know how to use Photoshop pretty well. And man, is it a last resort if I ever, ever have to do that because I know it's just not going to quite look right. Um, and now they've put a tool into people's hands to do it faster without even going to Photoshop. And I don't know. I It, it takes me so long to find the right photo to even demo it with. Exactly correct. I mean, I was spending a long time like looking through my photos. I'm like, oh, maybe this will work. Nope. Uh, and, you know, to be fair, let's give them, we'll give them a little bit of a, a pass because they did apply that early access badge yeah. to the tool. And they're saying like, okay, you know, and they do, if you click on that badge, a little pop-up comes up and it says like, one of the things it says, this works best with a well-defined subject, foreground and background, which great. But what you said, I think is the, the perfect way to explain it. It just, I think it's great. It's interesting to see Adobe build what I call a, a purely creative tool into Lightroom that requires mm -hmm. masking. You never had a blur tool. The closest yep. people tried to do is like a, a reverse clarity or negative yeah, clarity. It never worked. Never worked. Um, so it's very interesting to see that. Like when I worked it on one, even before I worked it on one, one of, they had a, pro a product that they have since deprecated a long time ago. Called I remember Focal that Point. One. Yeah. I loved Focal Point. And that's the Focal Point is the lens. You did love Focal Point. You put those, you'd put like 10 of them on a photo all oh, over it the was, place. It was insane. And and what happened was exactly what you said. I ruined my photos because someone who kind of, you, you get to this point in your photography where you can see a photo. It's kind of like a doctor who looks at an x-ray and they can instantly see, oh yeah, there's a problem right there. Yeah. When you look at a photo, like you can tell that is not natural. Like the fall off is just not natural. And sure, like my, my application for it is let's just say, I, even at a, I had an F2.8 lens and I just couldn't get the separation. Um, if I wanted to just a tiny, I'm talking about like 5% on the strength slider, just add a little bit of a blur, I could see that. You know, this is basically the way I kind of say is like Adobe brought portrait mode into Lightroom. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. For the, yeah, you know, those of you who have iPhones or pretty much any smartphone, like the portrait mode simulates that. It's the exact yeah. same thing. So yeah. that's lens blur. 
Yeah, it's interesting. It'll it's like you said, if it, with the right photo and if it's if you don't if you don't go crazy with it, it can add it can improve some background blur. But mm-hmm. you, you're not going to take a you're not going to take a cluttered background and make it totally blurry like you know you had it like you said with an f two point eight lens. So Matt, um, I, mean, I want you to talk to me about this HDR. Oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> the HDR, the HDR button that appears at the top of the basic panel in Lightroom and camera. Oh man! What oh, and, and, and yeah, both Lightrooms. Both Lightrooms. And, this and is mobile. a tough one, huh? This is a, and mobile. And mobile, yeah. This is a tough one because yeah. I, I, I don't see it. I don't see the need for it yet. No. You need. You need the right screen. This is not HDR merge. So everybody's not, it's not bracketing and you're merging together HDR photos. Um, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. It, it you explain it. Sure. I mean, you know, listen, <laughs> Cause I, mean, I didn't explain it. I pointed people to another article. Oh, good. I mean, I did the same thing. I, we pointed uh, like to Greg Benz's video on how to, how to use it. But I, ex- I said, this is the perfect way to explain why I'm at least upset with Adobe for this, because this feature, so this feature is basically HDR. uh, um, You can edit like 32 bit images, but you need a monitor or a display that is capable, that has enough headroom to show you that additional uh, tonal information. You need like at least a 400 nit display and nit is a standard of brightness. So, I'm not a fan of that just by that, because there are a bunch of people who don't have displays so who, that can do that. But this is not a new tool. HDR, this, this type mm-hmm. of HDR editing has been available in Adobe Camera Raw in, within Photoshop for almost a year. But you have to dig. I mean, you have to get your shovel out. You need to dig to find that option. You have to go into preferences or camera preferences and technology previews and turn yeah. it on. Here... Adobe's like, oh, here, here you go. It's, it's right here. Like, it's right there, like you said, at the top of the basic module um, or panel. And there's so much involved with this in terms of editing. But the, the worst part is there's also a lot of things you have to learn about in terms of if you want to share it. There are new file formats. You have to consider whether the platform you're sharing it to will support HDR. The person you're sharing it with, do they have an HDR? Because let me tell you something. If you share an HDR image, an HDR processed image with someone who doesn't have that capability, it will look terrible on their display. Yeah. So I I don't want, we don't have to go any further than that other than we both pointed people to a video. The irony is that you need an HDR capable display to view this video that we were sharing. <laughs> yeah. so. It's, you know, I will say, I will say when, cause I, you have an HDR, we both have the same Apple display that's HDR capable. Right. I will say this when, and number one, it doesn't work on all photos too. Correct. So I was looking back at decade old photos and the button was grayed out. So you said 16 bit, like, I think it needs a, a certain, a certain. Correct. Uh, photo type um, and these were raw photos too but mm-hmm. I will say when you have it and you've got this photo with like where you exposed for the foreground the foreground looks good and the sky looks a little bit blown out and you click on HDR it's like wow right like there are some wow moments to looking at it it's just nobody else can see it I've, I've got a discussion uh, a, a chat going back with a, a gentleman that said I, I don't understand. You know, I tried it. It looks great. I saved it. I exported it as a JPEG. Um, uh-huh. I can't see it. And then mm-hmm. I tried printing it. I don't see it there either. Like, no, 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 no. Like you, you, and he, he didn't, he didn't read the articles that I referred him to because you would have found out that that's not possible. Correct. Um, and then forget print. Take like, this has nothing to do with print. You're, right. you're, you're not, you're not, you're not re redoing the pixels that all of a sudden the printer says, Oh, 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 it's an HDR image. We're going right. to make this print better, right. better than it looks on yours. Like, no, 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 no. This is, we're saying HDR screens. This doesn't change your print. Correct. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's yeah. Maybe down the line when you HDR displays are universal, you'll know. So those listening or watching, like if you have, especially an iPhone, even newer Android phones, 
sometimes you open up a photo from your camera roll that you took, depending on your settings for your camera. And all of a sudden your screen gets super contrasty and bright. Like it's not just a photo, it's also a video. You're like, whoa, what is it? That's HDR yep. um, or, or, or the 30 proper 32 bit HDR that you're seeing. And so if yeah. you, if you see that, then yes, you go ahead and you can edit. But like we said, just maybe for a while, unless you have a specific need for it, Maybe just stick yeah. with tone mapping. Something to watch. Um, I'll do a forward, people. It's mattk.com slash Adobe Learning Center. Mm -hmm. um, and that whole thing is hyphenated. So Adobe hyphen learning hyphen center. If you go on there, I've got a couple of links. Brian linked you to the same same places. We'll do, in fact, let's do a do a 30-second word from our sponsor. Uh, Brian, I do know I'll, I'll, I'll plug. You've got a course called Lightroom Everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, which I, I continuously say I'm so jealous of the name, but uh, and you updated it for the new version of Lightroom. So this is this is the not Lightroom Classic. This is somebody that wants to learn the ecosystem of Lightroom Desktop, Lightroom on the iPad, Lightroom on the phone. That whole process of syncing using Lightroom across all those different things. So that's correct. And you've yeah, got, so I mean, you also updated your course. Like you've got the Lightroom system as well, and which focuses on Lightroom Classic, if I'm understanding correctly. Yeah. Like the fact that you, you, you know, even though this, this is a course that you've released before, you're still keeping up with it and like adding value for customers. And so it, I, I just think that's awesome. I never promise it. Correct. Because I'm not stupid enough to say lifetime updates. Right. But. I started selling this course in 2016 and I've never charged for an update since. So uh, oh, I, I will sell it with free updates for a year, mm -hmm. but I have to protect myself against Adobe doing something major um, mm -hmm. and being stuck having to update a course for, for a lifetime for free. So, but I've never charged anybody for my Lightroom or Photoshop system. So anyway, uh, so we'll go, we'll go into, uh, we'll go into uh, a couple more updates here, but the, here's one thing, one thing I find interesting about that HDR feature. So mm -hmm. it was in a technology preview yes. and it was in a technology preview for roughly a year mm -hmm. and then it comes out and it's a preview that nobody even really ever even talked about. Right. But, exactly. But one of the previews is called when you go to image, image size in Photoshop and you want to upscale your photo, there's a technology preview in there called preserve details 2.0 which is really the preferred upscaling method that's been in technology previews for about seven years <laughs> and i don't understand it. it's like it's everybody uses it it's the way it's when you go to image size if that's the way you're going to upsize your photo which is the way i upsize my photos i've been using it for god knows how many years but for some reason it still says technology preview i don't get i mean it. I, I sometimes maybe I feel like they forgot <laughs> just like, yeah. oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Bridge got some updates. You see, I don't use Bridge. So you tell me because I, I never use Bridge. Oh, yeah. So Bridge is Adobe's file browser. It's meant to browse photos, InDesign files, Illustrator files, photography, JPEGs, PSDs, whatever. Um, it's Adobe's file browser. It's like, it's like a better version of your Windows Explorer or Finder window on, on your Mac just a better version of that, but you can do, you can sort, you can rate, you can flag, you can do keywords in it. It's like a little mini Lightroom too, but mm -hmm. you don't have to import because it's a file browser. You just mm -hmm. look at a folder on your computer. Um, so I've, I've been a fan of Bridge for, for a while. So it, two small updates, you can now open up multiple windows of Bridge, oh, which okay. sounds silly, but if you used your Finder window to organize photos, you probably, like I've got, I've got four to five Finder windows open at all time. I don't know. Sure. You do too. I, I do. Absolutely. So, yeah. Cause we're dragging stuff back and forth. Exactly. And exactly. So you can do multiple, uh, multiple windows and then you can customize keyboard shortcuts in it too. So that's uh, cool. If you're I a mean, bridge hey, user, listen. make sure you update bridge. Didn't you do a video not too long ago? Like bridge doesn't suck or something yeah. like why bridge doesn't suck. Or <laughs> I something. did. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was exactly that. Bridge yeah. doesn't suck. Um, and then here's, okay. So the last one. Oh buddy. We, oh, Brian and I like this bridge. one. Speaking of bridge. Speaking like, of bridge. Yeah. So so Lightroom, the mm -hmm. not Lightroom Classic, the other Lightroom, mm -hmm. when you're on the desktop and you open that up now, you know, the the price to pay to get into any version of Lightroom was an import. That's Lightroom right. Classic. And technically the the desktop version of Lightroom, you know, everything the desktop version of Lightroom held people back because 
you when you imported, everything went up into the cloud. And people mm -hmm. just got confused, like, where are my photos? Like, right. are they still on my hard drive? Are they up in the cloud? Are they this and that? And that got confusing. Lightroom Classic has the catalog that you have to import, which mm -hmm. gets confusing to people. So Lightroom, I'll let you take it, Brian. Oh, why? Well, why? thank you, Matt. Um, it's it, Again, it's funny that we just talked about Bridge, but the way I explain is Lightroom basic or Adobe basically built Bridge into Lightroom. So what does that mean? It means actually exactly what Matt said. With the new version of Lightroom, in, instead of you used to have to import your photos and those photos would automatically get uploaded to the cloud and get counted against your quota, whatever your cloud quota yeah. was, you can now, there's a, a local tab, there's cloud and local. When you tap on or click on local, you have a file browser. And similar to Bridge, even though I don't use Bridge, but I understand the concept, you can browse to any fo folder, whether it's on your internal uh, hard drive or external drives, Mm -hmm. um, and you can you can rate, you can uh, sort, you can. The biggest thing is you can edit with. You can edit. You can edit. With it's the, like Bridge with an editor. Correct. Correct. It's 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 kind of like Lightroom Classic without the catalog. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's Brian. That, go ahead. I'm I'm going on record. Uh huh. As saying, we've already talked about this, but I, I we we are going on record as saying this changes everything. And I don't think people realize how much it changes everything right now. Correct. But I really believe this changes everything. This, this is what people have wanted and asked for for 20 years. Correct. Nobody likes the catalog. Now, mm -hmm. there's gonna be somebody that emails me, I already know it, Somebody yes. that emails me and explains all of the benefits of a catalog and how it's a database and how it's transact, blah, 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 blah. Don't email me that. I don't want to read it. Right. The, nobody likes the catalog. And if mm -hmm. you do like the catalog, you're among the fractional of a fraction of a fraction of one fraction of a percent. Right. Okay? Nobody likes the catalog. Right. So now you basically have Lightroom Classic without the need for the catalog. Correct. It's what everybody wanted. You you click on this local tab and you browse folders on your computer and you click on a folder that's got 3,000 photos in it. And guess what? A grid pops up with 3,000 photos in it pretty fast. Mm -hmm. um, and then your edit panels on the right-hand side. Mm -hmm. And you click on a photo, you want to edit it? Great. Oh, no, mm -hmm. no. I love to keyword and organize my photos because I want them perfectly organized and renamed and by all means, feel free to do that as well. You, you can, can do, do that there too. Like Absolutely. you can do the only that what it doesn't have from Lightroom Classic. I'm not going to say the only thing because I mm. know there, there's there's going to be differences. You don't have all the other panels, but yes, you don't yes. have print. You don't have map. You don't have book. You don't have slideshow. Right. But those are those are some of the least used stuff in there. Mm -hmm. I, I, to, to me, that stuff is clutter. I don't ever do slideshows. Mm -hmm. um, if I make a photo book, I usually go on Apple photo books. Mm -hmm. um, I, printing uh, for years, I've been recommending if you print, um, if you print on an Epson printer, get Epson print layout. If you print on a Canon printer, get Canon print studio. Like mm -hmm. those apps are superior yep. for printing, I believe. So you've got all these panel, all these modules inside of Lightroom that I don't think are incredible. The web module should have gone away 20 years ago. Yep. So you yep. actually have you have what you wanted. Now yes. there's going to be advanced users that want all those all those modules and everything like that, and that's of course still it's not going to change everything for you. But right. I think for a lot of people it does. Absolutely. Uh, so like you have like you said, so you have things like, you can do denoise. You can use AI denoise. You can do super resolution. You can do um, uh, photo merge HDR panel. Here are just a few things that you can't just to kind of and they're not. You can't do with the local tab, rather. You can't group into stacks. Um, you can't ungroup stacks. Um, you can't use the versions. Versions is the is kind of like Lightroom's version or equivalent to like uh, snapshots and, and the edit history to a degree. And um, you can't use, so Lightroom, one of the things, to me, one of the greatest features of Lightroom is their AI-powered search, where you can search for things that are not keyworded. It basically yeah. infers from the image. So those... Mm -hmm. But for, to, to what you said, Matt, 100%, this was the addressing probably the biggest 
obstacle or complaint that classic users had. Here's what's even cooler is you could choose an individual photo. You can choose a group of photos. You can choose an entire folder and, and back, copy those to the cloud and back those, have those backed up and accessible. That's, that's the only thing. The local browser, just because you see it in Lightroom, doesn't mean that you'll see it on your phone or your iPad or other computers. You have to copy those to the cloud. But before, it was an all or nothing. You had to mm -hmm. either import and upload to the cloud. Um, now you get to choose. So like, what more? Like yeah. you said, Matt, unless you're like, screw that. I need books. I need maps. Okay, cool. Let me just read you something really quickly. So a couple of days ago, I got... Um, I got a survey, an Adobe survey from Adobe, not some random company. And I want to read to you, and this is kind of just a little thing, but I think there's more to it than that. Because they first had to explain what Lightroom Classic is and what Lightroom is, because it was a Lightroom survey. Mm -hmm. It says, LR Classic, Lightroom Classic is the older version that allows you to edit photos locally. Then Lightroom is the newer version of the app that syncs photos to the cloud and Lightroom Mobile and Lightroom Web. I don't know about you. Like that to me was a pretty damning way to explain it. That's the yeah. older. Oh, that's older. Lightroom Classic. The older. As if, as if the word classic <laughs> is, 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 I mean, I guess Coke Classic is something to say about that. But like if I were Adobe or if I were a user reading the tea leaves, I would be like, man, that does not bode too well. And that's my prediction. I've, I've gone on record um, in in my course and Lightroom everywhere on on my YouTube, this right here is the start of the end for Lightroom Classic. I'm sorry to say it. Okay, so so let's <laughs> let's we can we can morph to our last topic, which is our <laughs> thoughts on where where does Adobe go from here? Like where what, what will we be talking about next October um, when we do this podcast? Yes. So I I I agree with you, and I don't agree with you. I, I, I believe it's the beginning of the end, but I believe the end will not necessarily be driven by Adobe. I believe it'll be driven more by the users mm -hmm. um, in that I, I think you're going to want to switch. Great. I, I think That's you're going fair. to want mm -hmm. to. Okay. I, I'll give you that. Um, I, I think you're going to want to switch, and so so I see I see hybrid workflows starting to develop. I see, all right, mm. I've got the last you know decade or so of photos in Lightroom Classic. Um, I don't go back to these a lot, you know. I, I don't have the need to go back to my old photos, but hey, I'll keep Lightroom Classic on there. But for now, going forward, like I'm I'm going to start using. Lightroom because it's how I work. That's how I do a lot of my wildlife photography is I come back with a thousand photos because you're shooting fast frame rates, especially with the cameras we have today. And so that's how I look at a lot of my wildlife photos is I open them up in bridge, not I don't import all thousand of them into Lightroom Classic. Mm -hmm. Open them up in bridge, look, look through, get that thousand photos down to, you know, 10 because most of them are crap. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then do what I need to do from there. Sometimes they get imported into Lightroom. Sometimes if it's just one photo from a shoot, I save it as a JPEG and I delete the other 999 because they're, they're crap. Right. But now I can do that in, in Lightroom. Now I can, mm -hmm. I can look locally and it, think of it. I don't have to import. I don't have to do anything and I can edit. Mm -hmm. I can look locally and edit at the same time. You've, you've got the Lightroom interface with your grid of photos and your edit panels on the right-hand side. And I can get my editing done, but here's the beauty of it, because I think we all want a way to back up our photos to the cloud. I think right. everybody wants that extra level of backup behind the, beyond their hard drives. And so the beauty of it is I go through those thousand photos. Let's say there's 50 that are good. Mm -hmm. I flag all 50 of those photos. I add them to an album inside of Lightroom, not Lightroom Classic. I add them to an album inside of Lightroom, syncs it to the cloud. Now the photos that are important to me Mm -hmm. are synced up to the cloud, are backed up and available on any device that I have. Exactly right. The problem before is most photographers are taking more, way more photos, exponentially more photos than are actually good because we're just going out and we're overshooting. We do that. And they don't want to, oh, they don't want to, they don't want to have to make a decision when they get back. 
So we keep using Lightroom Classic and dumping that stuff onto hard drives. Exactly we right. We can't use Lightroom because you'd fill up your quota immediately or have to pay hundreds of dollars in, in cloud space. So yep. this alleviates that. This lets you use your hard drives just like you always have. You can back up your hard drive just like you always have. You can have your RAID, NAS, whatever acronym stuff that systems that you have, <laughs> but you can then take your favorite ones, shoot them up to the cloud, and now they're available on your tablet, your phone, and your, your laptop or desktop. That's right. Not just the phone, but the, all your edits, like all the edits, everything. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think Adobe. I don't think we're I don't think we're even close to Adobe dropping Classic yet. So I, I want to get I want to get the alarmism out of the way because people I, you're probably seeing it too. Sure. People are people are very afraid that you know, oh my god, Classic's going to get dropped. I'm I'm screwed. I don't even think we're close to Adobe dropping Classic. I think what you will see is Classic will continue to get updated like it is. Notice none of the other modules really get updates. Right. Be because Adobe knows people don't use them. They, they have statistics on this and they know they don't get used a lot. So, yeah. so you're going to continuously see the raw editing stay on par between the two because they right. can do that. Right. So your depth blur, your color mixer, your masking, all that stuff. I think you'll continuously see that, but I think you'll see non-raw new features start going into Lightroom, not classic. Agreed. And I, I, yeah, I think you're going to, okay. My, just to wrap things, my, my prediction. Well, really quickly, I'm not saying, yeah, I have no indication that classics going away. I do believe it is going away. I think this is the first step in that. Um, partly because again, I think I brought this up before Adobe is a major, I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar company and to have multiple teams, Product managers, engineers, marketers, support people, managing two separate applications that effectively do the same thing. And as we get further and further, those lines become more and more blurred. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. That's very costly. Also, Lightroom Classic still operates on a much older code base than Lightroom, which is why Lightroom is much faster. Let's put all that aside. My prediction, in order for Adobe to continue to facilitate that mindset of, of the classic user. Like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm hearing what Matt's saying. I'm hearing what Brian's saying. I'm seeing all these videos, maybe, you know, local browse here. I think what will really move the needle is Adobe needs to get ridiculously competitive with the price of cloud storage. It needs mm -hmm. to be like, when you have something like Backblaze, which is like, oh, what, like 70 or 80 bucks a year, back up everything you want. 7.99 a month. Yeah. I mean, if Adobe can pull that off, that's when classic users, I think, will be like, okay, like, we'll never get away from the, where I have a bandwidth cap with my internet. I get that. I'm sorry. Like, I, as some people will just, it will be a, 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 a they'll have to phase how they upload. But that's yeah. my, my prediction. I don't know if yeah. it'll happen next year, but I think we'll just see, we'll continue to see throughout the year innovation. We'll, I, I think we're going to see, I would be willing to bet one of the next things we'll see is uh, some sort of an AI sharpening tool similar to Denoise built into mm -hmm. Lightroom. That's my prediction. Yeah, I, I believe. I believe e even though Adobe would say we already did sharpening with uh, enhanced details, I believe they realized that that was not really what people wanted. <laughs> right. Like what we wanted was Denoise, like the difference between the before and after and Denoise, like that, that's what we want in sharpening too. Right. So yeah, I, I think I think we're gonna get some kind of sharpening. Whether we get it in the next year, I don't know, but I right. think we get that. So it, do you think? So just yes or no? Mm -hmm. Do you think Lightroom Classic will still exist in two years? Yes. Five years. No. Really? Yes, I I, I don't I don't think yeah. so. I, I was gonna give you two, five, seven, and ten. No, I I think within in five years. I, I I can't wait. What is it? Twenty twenty. What are we? Twenty twenty three. You're going twenty twenty four. So twenty twenty eight. I would love to see what what yeah. what the so, what, yeah. I say I would I would I would immediately answer yes for two years. I would immediately answer yes for five years. I would hesitantly but pretty confidently answer yes for seven years, and I would I would very unconfidently. 
are very maybe confidently answer no for 10 years. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know that they'll totally get rid of it. I think and unless they give you a path to keep your catalog and all of the work you've done and use the other version of Lightroom. And I, I don't know what that looks like yet. Well, you think know, about this. Unless Matt. they just keep it like, hey, we'll keep we'll keep Lightroom Classic intact for you. We will we will update it for operating system changes every year. You can keep it. You can still you almost almost like what happens if you stop subscribing to Creative Cloud. Right. Yes. You know, your catalog doesn't go away. Your photos don't go away because Adobe never owned them. Right. So when you open up Lightroom Classic, if you stop subscribing to Creative Cloud, you'll still see all your photos in your catalog. You'll still see all your edits. You'll still see everything. You can still export them. You could still do all that. You can't edit anymore, right. but you can still see everything. And I actually think they'll probably even keep the editing in there. I, I don't know that they'll totally just get rid of it anytime soon. I mean, but who knows? Why are, YRMC, yeah, YRMCC was, was introduced in October 2017, so that's five years. So think about what happened in five years already. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll yeah. see. Other other new features I think that we'll, we'll, maybe we might be talking about in a year, I think we'll definitely be talking about AI stuff, stuff that we don't even know. Exactly. Um, I suspect wait, we'll see I, AI come into Lightroom, Matt. I do think we'll see that. Yeah, I think you'll... I, you know, I could see some kind of AI sky replacement mm -hmm. where it's generating a sky. I don't know. Um, I, I could see more masking improvements too. So if Absolutely. we were to, if we were to fast forward a year from now, you know, I, I could see us having masking, different masking, you know, new masking tools. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, you know. I think we I mean, we mentioned we're, we're talking about the lines being blurred between Lightroom and Lightroom Classic. I think we're also going to see the lines being blurred between Lightroom and Photoshop in terms of mm -hmm. needing to go to Photoshop. So, yeah. and I think a lot of Lightroom users would rejoice about that. You know, yeah. maybe not our buddy Blake, but you know. Some <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be that. That would be interesting. I think they'd have to add text. Oh, I don't know. I don't. If you add layers, you just open up a whole can no, of worms. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know that we'll get. I don't know that we'll get layer-based editing inside of Lightroom. Um, you, you, yeah, listen, you kind of have it, and I'm being really stretchy here, but like with versions, you. Oh, I even hate. I don't even want to bring it up, but you kind of can fudge a layer-based workflow. It's we have kind of layer, even with masking, and I, mean, I wouldn't consider that layer-based either. But it kind of could be. I see where you're going. So if you have versions, you mm -hmm. could edit two different copies of the photo. They could they could somehow go on top of each other and use the masking tools to mask between them. In a masking environment, sure. Or or you can do like, okay, you do like say edits to the exposure and stuff, and then you create a version. And then you ed make edits to the color and you make a version. And, and the versions yeah. stacked on top of each other. Um, and so you kind of have that, but there's no masking in between the versions. So, oh man, that would be interesting though, but I, yeah. that can get confusing. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. So, but yeah. I, I think you're right. I think we'll see some kind of sharpening. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I hope upsizing is put to put to rest. I'm tired of seeing different upsizing things. So I agree. I hope that's put to rest, but I think you'll see some sharpening. I think you'll see a lot of AI stuff. I think you'll see generative fill continue to grow. Exactly. Yep. Um, and I think, I think we'll see improvements to masking, um, and that stuff. Like I said, and I think you'll like you, you called it with the AI keyword search in Lightroom. I think you'll continuously see that grow and get better. So people don't have to keyword because, um, you know, nobody, nobody wants to keyword, but we do want to search for our photos, you know? So, uh, yeah, my, I have these conversations with my buddy, Ron Polk, who is a keyword and he's a listener. Um, he is a keyword fanatic, so yeah. I'd be curious to see. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, where can people find out more about you? I think we already talked about this, but. Uh, you can go to matias.com, M-A-T-I-A-S-H.com, or lightroomeverywhere.com. Same thing. Cool. Uh, Brian And Brian, I can confidently say, has the most complete course on uh, on Lightroom, not Lightroom Classic, but on Lightroom. I, I don't think there's any more complete course uh, that's out there. And you already did update it for the new version, right? I did, and, and thank you for that. I appreciate that. 
Cool. Um, and you can find me over at mattk.com where I got lots of free tutorials and uh, courses and all that stuff. Uh, remember mattk.com forward slash Adobe Learning Center. Just put a hyphen between all those words. Uh, you can find some new video feature videos and then some of the links that we talked about here about that HDR stuff uh, I put onto there as well. So uh, Brian, thanks so much for joining me today. Good conversation. I enjoyed that one. It's uh, I always love talking about the, the features, what's coming next. So thanks for having me, man. All right, everybody, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.